What's up, you beauties? Welcome to High and Wide Radio, episode 28 of season 5. My name is Jim Icavone, and I'm joined by Jack Smith and Travis Ballinghoff. Mr. Russ Cullen will be joining us in just a couple of minutes to talk NHL draft and probably the NHL draft lottery, which just took place. By now, you know the results. But first, if you're not listening live, please make sure to subscribe, follow, and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. If you're watching live, make sure to say hello in the comments. And if you have not yet subscribed to YouTube, make sure to subscribe and set an alert for future shows. If you want to check out our site during the show, maybe buy some merch uh, while you're listening. You can head on over to hwhockey.net or find all of our social media links in one place over at hoo.be forward slash hwhockey. All right, Jack and Trav. It's done. Flyers get Bedard, baby. Here we go. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. He might fall. <laughs> he might. It's a little early in Chicago's rebuild for Bedard, so who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, the lottery kind of went as it should have gone right down to those last three picks. Right, right boys? down to it, baby. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunate. It's a little bit – it was a little weird. I think – did you guys have a team that you were rooting for? I mean, before we get to that, let me just – by now, everybody knows the Flyers got pick seven. They finished seventh, uh, seventh last in the league. They end up getting pick seven. Um, so there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the topic everybody wants to talk about right now, right, guys? Connor Bedard likely going to the Chicago Blackhawks. We do have our guest just hopped on. Um, so I'm sure we'll talk about that. Let me get him on the show. Mr. Russ Cohen, thanks once again for joining us. How are you? Good, Jim. How are you? That we're, I think some of us could be better. <laughs> I, I'm still a little bit, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. Whereas I can literally see the dejection on Travis and Jack's face over here. I mean, I, I can't believe you started the show with so much pop. I thought you were going to be a little, you know, a little not I, interested, you know? So I've kind of been, it is what it is. And that's kind of been my approach all year. I mean, the Flyers said they weren't tanking. They didn't tank. So I've been kind of like, all right, well, they're going to finish where they finish. And I can't get mad. You know, so it is, it is what it is. Uh, but, but Russ, we got you on the show. I don't want to waste any time. I want to get right into prospects. I want to get your thoughts on the NHL draft lottery, of course, as well. What did you think about tonight? How did it go? Well, I mean, look, aside from what everybody's going to say about the Blackhawks, if they want to say it, as far as the actual lottery, it was fair. It was fair. I had said on other shows, I would prefer to go back to the old method where the worst five teams are the ones that are picking the first two, you know, first two batches of picks and let's go with the worst five. Let's get their picks in. So do them for the first and then do them for the second and then let everybody else take part. They didn't have to do that. I mean, this was totally fair. Yeah. Uh, boys, what did you think? I mean, do you, do you agree with Russ's side there or what did you guys see? How did, what did you think? Yeah, I definitely I, don't I, think. Yeah, go ahead, Trav. I'm sorry. I do personally think the lottery is kind of stupid. I get why they do it, trying to not have teams tank, but teams are going to do it anyway. And I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of – I don't want to say I expected anyone to have a crazy jump up because it shouldn't, but it does happen. So, Man, Flyers just a couple years back went from 13 to 2 and had the, you know, the, the pleasure of taking Nolan Patrick, right? Missed out on Suzuki because of it. <laughs> but – uh, Jack, ahead. I, I want to get your thoughts before Sorry. before because uh, everything is still raw. So I do want to hear what you, your thoughts here, Jack, before we start talking prospects. If that's uh, all right. 
yeah, I, I just I don't I'm not going to be one of those people who's pushing the whole rig thing. I'll make my jokes, obviously. Um, when I saw Philly get seven, and I was honest, first reaction was a massive disappointment, but not in a everything's wrong and the universe is against this kind of way. It just didn't work out. We didn't drop. I'll take that. We are steady at seven. Like I will definitely take that. However, karma is fake. It does not exist. <laughs> I will agree with that. Uh, so yeah, Jack, you bring up seven and who better to have on the show than Mr. Russ Cohen to talk picks. I think uh, last time we had you on Russ two weeks ago, we talked picks or, or players in your rankings from 10 to, I believe it was six. Mm-hmm. Uh, this tonight we're going to talk players five, four, three, two. Everybody knows Bedard, uh, so we could touch on him if you want. I'm sure we'll talk about him throughout the course of the show. Uh, and then if you have time, some other players like uh, Axel Sandin, uh, Paleka, and, and and players of that sort. Uh, if we have, I'll time go fast so we have some time. Yeah, I'm gonna I'll sure. stay around for like twenty. Uh, I did put up new rankings on Sportsology.com since the last show. So That's after right. the U18 World Championships, I changed it a bit. Okay, so let's. Uh, let me get to your list here. I did see that you, you did have a, a new list. Sorry about that. I should have had it ready to go. Right. Uh, did you have a change at five? No, no, it's still Zach Benson. Um, to me, Zach Benson, smart, uh, just a tremendous scorer. I think he'll be a center. Uh, he may not be the biggest guy, but you really don't notice it on the ice. He, um, he can really control an offense. He's like a field general out there, maybe the smartest guy in the draft. So, uh, Still playing, and you know people could still watch him. And now it looks like he could, of course, as been as has been long speculated. It looks like Montreal has the fifth pick, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, I mean, we'll see, but it looks like he could be going to Montreal. We'll see. Could be. I mean, again, this isn't a mock, and and I won't do a mock for a little while because I really have to start thinking about you know the scenarios because yeah. all you have to do is change one pick and everything changes. That's true. That's true. All right, so let's get to number four on your list. And this player has quickly become the most controversial player on your list. Uh, number four, Matt, Matt Vi Michkov. Yeah, Michkov, I mean, it's not his fault. I mean, he's a tremendous player. I've been watching him for years. Uh, just a lot of energy out there, great edge work. Tremendous offensive player. Could be a big-time scorer in the NHL. Uh, somebody who gets him, you know, he'll be one of their best players on the team. But he's going to take four years to get here, or at least three I don't think it'll be a, a lucky situation like the Capitals where um, they got their guy out early. Uh, I think it was because of the Capitals and they had Ovechkin. So, you know, with Mitchkov right now, you're just, you know, you're looking at a great player and you're wondering when he'll come over. But again, even if it takes as long as Kaprizov, I don't think Minnesota was upset when Kaprizov finally came. So, you know, you have to, sometimes you have to just, you know, do this. It's a long-term thing to draft most of the time. Most of the teams that are looking to, to cut corners usually lose out. So I'm going to put you on the spot, and it's kind of been you know the hot topic question the last week or so. If if uh, Michkov's there at seven, and you're the Flyers general manager, do you, can can do you take him or? Can, if I was the Flyers him? GM, yes, I would take him. Okay. Will the current Flyers GM take him? No. Wow, interesting. Okay. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's the talent. It, this is a talented player, but you can also understand why you would back off, especially a team like the Flyers after what they what they are going through with Fedotov. Uh, well, I mean, this regime has never taken a European player with a first round pick, oh, and right. the Flyers in the last eleven years only had two picks 
two first rounders that were European players, two Russians. And, and so, I mean, again, you know, that's Rupstov and Provorov. That's mm-hmm. it. So their history also sort of tells you that they probably wouldn't do it. Wow. Now, it doesn't mean they can't change it, but I would be surprised. Yeah, sure. Okay, uh, let's go to number three. I think a player that's somewhat going, I don't want to say he's under the radar, but when, with guys like Michkov, we're talking Benson, Will Smith, Dvorsky of late, uh, and then, of course, the next two players. Leo Carlson's kind of flown under the radar a bit, no? Yeah, well, his, his season ended early, but, you know, he's in the World Championships now. If you watch that, you could watch Carlson, and he was already playing with Raymond over the weekend, looked really good. He's a guy that will play center. You know, he can move very well. He can get through to the net in traffic. That's the thing. His stick work in traffic is excellent. He's a, you know, he has good size. He has great stick work, really good shot, very smart. So I kind of look at him and I say, yeah, he, there's no reason he shouldn't be the number three. Now, again, I will preface it and say that if Mitchkov didn't have this long-term contract and people weren't sort of iffy uh, about Russia, it would be a great argument because, you know, you have Carlson who's 6'3", but Mitchkov is just a, a world-class talent and he's more talented, but Carlson could do a lot of things on the ice. So it would be a good argument, but, you know, and, and Mitchkov probably would win out to be honest, but in this right now, the way it is, um, I look at it, and I don't have to do it that way because I'm doing rankings, but I still edged out Carlson because I do feel like he does more on the ice. But again, in the real world, if you're looking for a big time scorer, you know, Mitch Cobb probably would move up there. I'm looking for the more complete player, and that's Carlson. What are the so I'm trying to do some mocks and I'm like, all right, well, you know, Columbus reportedly it could be in on will smith does this pretty much negate that now that like i don't see carlson slipping past three do you no um i don't think that'll happen and i don't think he'll sneak up to two i think fantilli's pretty cemented in there (laughs) so I, i think those first three are pretty cemented unless somebody were to make a trade which i don't think will happen um you know i watched fantilli at the beginning of the season uh, I saw him at the end of the season live. I've watched a lot of in between. You know, he was up in Lehigh. He helped Michigan win a big game. Uh, just tremendous what he did as a young player, a true freshman, and coming in there and being their best player. Like, it doesn't happen that way. And and still being big in the playoffs, too. Uh, just a tremendous guy. I was very – I interviewed him. I was very impressed how smart he was, how together he is. Uh, and then you look at his all-around game, and he's got everything. He's got physicality. He's got finesse. He's got. He really has it all. So, again, in any other year, he's probably a first-round pick. Yeah. A first overall pick, sorry. And so I just have, you know, a lot of admiration for him. 65 points in 36 games as a true freshman, 30 goals. Uh, he's likely going to be playing out in California with Trevor Zegers. Like. I know people try and sell stuff. So, like, you know, when Danny Briere said that um, Cutter Gauthier had a dominant season, this is a dominant season. Cutter Gauthier had a really good season. He did. But this yeah. is dominant. To me, there's a difference. Yeah, almost almost two points a game average. Th- I mean, yeah. 30 goals as a freshman, 30 goals, 36 games. That's and I hope uh, he's the winner now, right? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that's a pretty good year. Pretty good freshman year. Uh, it, it, he, is he going back for another year? Is he going to be in, a, in the NHL next year? Yeah, he told me his original plan was that I think he'll play coy during the draft because it's just the thing to do. But his brother is there. He rooms with him. I don't think there's any reason why he wouldn't go back. He's got a lot of buddies there. I, I think he'll go back. Yeah, Anaheim's putting together a nice young team out there. Uh, okay, and uh, I guess the, the guy everyone has known, you know, to, to be number one in rankings for well over a year now. Uh, I think it's uh, two years, but yeah. Two years. <laughs> Connor Bedard, I mean, what, what hasn't been said about him already, you know? Yeah, he – look, I mean, the fact that he has this maturity, the fact that we don't talk about his size very often, the fact that it really doesn't matter because – it's a lot like Jack Hughes. You have to be able to catch him uh, to be able to do anything as far as hit him or throw him off his game. He can stick handle around you. If you play him too tight, you probably are, he's probably already passed you. So it's really hard to defend against him. Now, as he moves up the ladder, he'll have to get better like everybody else, but he has all the tools. You know, he has vision. He's got the great shot. He's a playmaker. He's a scorer. He can hit that little bit in the top corner, he, you know, so like he can do all those things, but he's really tricky too. And that's a, a big thing. And if he's going to even be the guy that's going to draw all the attention to him, whoever his line mates are, are going to be really happy because they're going to be beneficiaries too, because he's going to be getting them the puck and nobody's going to be on them. So that's going to be a big deal for Chicago. And uh, of course he'll play in his first year. Now, again, you never can say if it's going to be a banner year or not, um Chicago has some players they're not like the best situation where he would maybe get like 70 points I think Anaheim would have been that because he would have been on that line with Zegers and such but at the end of the day this is still you know an original six franchise that's going to be um a big jersey seller a big marketing push for the league he'll get a lot of notice so in that regard uh this isn't a bad place for Bedard to end up and as far as that other stuff with the Blackhawks, it's not Bedard's fault. Like, he, you know, there's nothing he could do about it. Yeah. Well, let's open this up a little bit now. I mean, Jack and Trav, I know you guys had some uh, questions for Russ. Yes, uh, go ahead. Uh, I'll start it off. So I really like Axel Sandin Pelica. I, you know, good skater, good natural playmaker, a uh, little undersized. He's 18. Maybe he'll grow a couple inches, but I think he's listed at 5'11. But I'd like yes. to hear your thoughts on him. Yeah, he's terrific. I have him as the best defenseman. I, I, I think he's smooth. He's tremendous, tremendous on the power play. He doesn't make many mistakes. Uh, he's got an accurate shot. I don't think he's a super high point guy. I think, you know, you're probably talking about a 50 point guy, but you're also talking about a guy that you really don't have to worry about. And, and he's really good on his own entries and he has very good stick work on D. He's just, I, I like his hockey brain and now, there's so many good forwards here, it's possible he may not go in the top 10 mm-hmm. and, and could even go like 12, 13. But uh, in the end, I think he'll prove out to be a, a tremendous defenseman. Do you remember a time doing your mocks where like the top 10 was all forwards? No. Um, and it's not to say that it will be. Some team mm-hmm. might draft out of need and say, hey, we're, we're taking him here because he's our guy. But just the fact that, that that possibility exists, no. I think that's just um, – and I think it's just the fact that none – a lot of us, will, I'll say, don't feel like there's a defenseman on the board there that's a top-pairing guy. So I think that's another reason why. Because if you're going to draft top 10, uh, 
you should be getting a top pairing defenseman. If you mm-hmm. don't, then you shouldn't be drafting a defenseman. That's just my feeling, like just as general draft rules. I was thinking about that today. I was like, man, I don't remember a time where the top 10 was all forwards. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. No, it's unusual, but this, this will be an unusual draft. And 03 was unusual too in Nashville. I mean, we didn't know at the time it was going to be as, as storied as it is now, but it's just funny. It's back in Nashville. So. Mm-hmm. I guess my question is, and it's, it's obviously early because we just figured out the, the lottery and whatnot, but do you see a potential and obviously not in the top five, I doubt the top 10, but do you see a lot of movement in the first round, particularly the first 15 picks or so? Well, I don't think there'll be movement for the top like 13 after that. It's possible. I mean, it's possible you could see a little movement, but like as an example, if you're asking me that, like if you were the Flyers, would you trade down and again do like the Caulfield scenario again? I would tell you I would not do that. <laughs> I just don't think – you know, this isn't the NFL draft. It's you're, – you're not getting guaranteed players here, and every time you move down, the risk factor goes up. And we, we have a, a little bit of an idea how that worked out already for the Flyers. You know, not great, not horribly, but just like, mm. eh. And so I wouldn't want to repeat that and do that again. I, well, I have to ask you, it's not, it's not as much draft related um, or lottery related, but what is your overall thoughts on the whole idea of tanking? It's been, I mean, it's been a hot topic. We got Flyers fans at each other's throats. Uh, basically what Fletcher did in the off season, why, if he shouldn't have even been here and um I mean, I have no problem with tanking. Okay. I, I don't. I think it's fine. Uh, you know, Gary Bettman could say it doesn't exist. It exists. Chicago was clearly a big-time tanker. But the thing is, what the Flyers could have done was in January, they could have called up more of the young guys. They would have naturally lost some games that they were winning. And they could have at least been in a better draft position, have better odds to end up better than seven. I'm not telling you they're going to end up with the one, but – because with Tortorella as your coach, he was always going to win you a few more games. But still, they, you know, management could have set it up a little differently where, hey, it would have been a little bit more of a struggle for them to win. If they, and then if they win, fine, there's nothing you can do. But they definitely could have done that. Players still would develop, and the record wouldn't be as good. They, you know, they didn't even attempt to do that. So, you know, they get what they get. They, you know, this is what they want. This is what their plan is, and we'll see how it works out. That, that's kind of my thought process, too, like, just going back to the summer, like you were never going to get Connor Bedard without getting lucky just because Chuck held on to Carter Hart, Travis Konechny, Ivan yeah. Provorov. But like you just said, they could have put themselves in better position at some point. And then John Tortorella said, oh, well, the hockey gods aren't going to reward us if we tank. Right. Well, I mean, if you believe in the hockey gods, that's fine. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. There you go. I think uh, Chicago did all right tanking. Yeah, I mean, it's paid off for them, and, and they're not going to feel bad about it. Nope. So here's my thing. I, I think, you know, tanking, you need to kind of – I like the way if you're going to tank, it needs to be an actual plan. It can't just be like, all right, you know, let's go into the season, see how we do, and then start selling players off. I like the way teams uh, – I think Detroit did it for a while with Eisman where – you know, they were signing free agents in the offseason knowing that they were going to flip them 
uh, at the trade deadline. You know what I mean? And Anaheim tried to do it this year, kind of backfired on them a little bit with Klingberg. Um, who's another team? Uh, we were just talking about them. Chicago. 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 They went into their offseason uh, knowing that they were going to tank. Uh, they did. You know, they, they drafted well last year. Um, and so it was a it was a plan. It wasn't just all of a sudden – you know, things didn't go our way. Let's sell TK Proveroff. Because I think that's when you start losing deals, when you do stuff on the fly like that. Um, yeah, I just don't think there was ever a cohesive plan. I'm not sure there still is. Yeah. Um, it's hard to have a cohesive plan without having that other front office person in there and without Danny having the interim taken off his, his GM, you know, off his title. So based on that, there never was a cohesive plan. Hmm. And, you know, right now there's a thought that they're sort of rebuilding. But again, uh, a lot of things go into that. And if they are truly doing that, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens, you know, at the draft and what they might sell off. But before then it's just talk. Like it's just, it's, you know, that's really what it is. And I think a lot of fans have taken it that way. You should take it at face. You shouldn't take it at face value right now. You should wait and, you know, look for results because, Right now, they haven't shown you a plan since John Tortorella's gotten there, other than, hey, we're going to be more respectable. Okay, you did that, but that's still not solving anything. Interesting that you said that because um, we've heard them. All right, so they use the word rebuild, right? Uh But you can argue that rebuilds look different to different people, right? Like a re, when I hear the word rebuild, I don't don't know. I think rebuilds are pretty standard like i think right rebuild tells you you go look over your 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 roster you decide how many years you think it's going to take it usually takes longer than you do than it is um i didn't hear the flyers say it's going to be a five-year plan i heard steve eiserman say that Mm. steve eiserman's into the fifth year this year and they're doing pretty good so the flyers are not doing a five-year plan you know it i know it but that's that's really what it takes in this league it takes about five years so everything else is just talking semantics in my eyes. It's not what you would call a true rebuild. Because if it is a true re- rebuild, then you would be trading some of these guys. And you might have traded them already, like Connecty when he's having his best season. Things like that, because in five years, you're not going to have him. Or he's not going to be at the point where you're going to want to pay him big money at the age that he's going to be at. They haven't made any of those decisions yet. But that's the, those are the decisions you make when you're rebuilding. I think we're kind of along the same path here. Like, cause they, like I'm sitting they're they're using that word, but I don't think the way that they're using it is the way everyone is thinking that they're going to do it. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which I feel like the message is we're rebuilding, but we still are really smart and we might be able to do it faster. And everybody thinks they could do it faster until they can't. That's the kind of, that's kind of what I'm picking up too. It's, you know, oh. we're going to rebuild, but we're not going to tear it completely down kind of thing. Right. So, um, at any rate, I got to run. Awesome. All right, Russ. Thank you for hanging out, man. Really Russ. appreciate yeah, it. Thank you, busy Russ. guy this time of year. All right. Take care. Take care, sure. Russ. Thank you. And just to uh, to piggyback on that, I think the team finally said rebuild because it's literally what almost everybody's wanted to hear. Whether that whatever they do, actions speak louder than words. But saying it definitely, you know, firing Fletcher and saying that definitely calmed the fan base a little bit. But it's only going to last for so long. And it, you like we talk about rebuilds looking different. I, I agree with Russ. I think there's really one way to do it. It's how good you do it. I get told all the time the Hextall rebuild didn't work. Newsflash, Hextall didn't rebuild. 
He did not. He made some moves that could be attributed to a rebuild, such as the Coburn trade, which wound up being a great trade. But that's about it. Uh, or the Shen trade. That was the other one. Over the span of, what, three years, he traded two players off the roster. That meant something. And I'm not counting Hartnell for a fourth and RJ Umberger. <laughs> you know, like that don't, and he got rid of some dead contracts. But, like, he, he never added to the team today. And if he, he should have added in the sense that he could have flipped him at the deadline. Like, I never understood why we never traded a guy like Sam Gagne. Like, you could have gotten two or three for him. He had some runs when he was with the team. Like, he was halfway decent. You know, and he just never did it. And that's about as much as he added. You know, and that, that was not a rebuild. You did not move your best players. You did not do anything of that nature. That you have to – I'm not saying tear it down to the studs. You're not trading guys who are 23 years old. But you got to trade your top guys. That has never happened in Philly in their entire history. I actually kind of look at the Hextall thing and think that's more of a retool than what Chuck Fletcher did. Right. Yeah, I don't know if Fletcher did. I mean, he go, he got brought in here to win. Shit happened, and he did not respond to it. He did not handle it well at all. He's a seasoned GM. I get it. Nobody's dealt with COVID before, but the rest of the league figured it out, and he just folded like a lawn chair. Like I um, like going back to Hextall. Um, at least there was a plan there, right? Like it didn't work, obviously, but there was a plan. It was like, okay, well. We're going to try to build this prospect pool, but at the same time, we're going to try to make the playoffs. And like, it's not like they were trying to win the division. It was more so we're going to try to sneak into that wild card every year and just hope to get in and see what happens. And that happened a couple of times. They missed the playoffs by a couple of points as well. But like, at least there was a plan there. Um, Chuck, I don't know what this was. Like he was just trying to like put a band-aid over it and then just keep stacking the band-aids on top of each other. When he first came in, Fletcher, like there you there was something of they're gonna shore up the center depth, they're gonna add to their defense. And I love the Niskanen deal. That was mm-hmm. that was his best trade. A lot of people try to say Braun was his best trade. That's cute. But the Niskanen trade, I mean, we saw Proveroff's best season, we saw the Flyers' best season in years. That was a good trade. When that fell through, he had no backup plan. He had that's when things really spun out of control. He's yep. paying Gustafson three million dollars to do what? What Ghost does when Ghost is still on the team? Like yeah. that, it just that was it just all fell to pieces. Hextall, yeah, he had a plan. You're not gonna hit on all your picks, but he just didn't do like little things that I always thought were easy. Sign a guy for on a one-year deal and flip him. Just add more picks, add more ammunition. And he just ref- outright refused to do anything like that, which irked me and when they did make the playoffs when they snuck in they got absolutely embarrassed every time you know we had the whole throwing of the bracelets incident against washington and then yep. you know the penguins you know it went to game six but when they lost they lost like eight to one all right boys so let's get to the uh the results a little bit flyers picking at seven who do we want dan knightley our buddy dan thanks for hanging out man how how you feeling fellas who are the flyers drafting at seven i think you already know <laughs> His name begins with an R. Second name begins with an L. That's who we're getting. Who do you guys want? I mean, I'll be. I want. I want to get him so at least I can see somebody be very happy. And Jim, somebody <laughs> deserves to be happy on this this panel here. And I, I convinced myself even... weeks ago that we weren't gonna. This was my backup plan. All right, because I don't want to. I felt let down for like. Uh, uh, here's my thing. I didn't want to get excited all year because I didn't want to be let down. And you just couldn't help you uh, excited when today came. So, yeah, I was excited today. But when I saw the Flyers pick at seven, 
I was only sad for like 2.5 seconds. And I was yeah, like, all right, well, way. deep draft. That's fine. No, I, I agree. I, I just, I bought, I bought into the, you know, the league wants Philly needs Philly to be good. Like I bought into that a little, just enough to give me that hope. So I, maybe my 2.5 seconds were more like a full minute, which is actually a really long time when you're disappointed, <laughs> you know, but like it, it, we stayed at seven and I just want to give a quick shout out to Dan Knightley. He is a knight in shining armor when it comes to the tanking method. And I want to appreciate that. Uh, he's going to war right now on Twitter, by the way. Um, <laughs> what the hell? What are people fighting about right now? Tanking doesn't work, even though we just saw Chicago flat out tank and defy the gods that no, they are flat out kill them because they don't exist and get the top pick. And, you know, even the Ducks are going to get Fantilli. He's going to be a hell of a player. Columbus with Carlson. I mean, come on. Like, what more evidence do you need? Look at these teams that are winning. Chicago did it before with Kane. They're going to do it. And it, it wasn't just Kane. They got Taze and – uh uh, defenseman yeah. Duncan uh, Keith and whatnot. Keith. They're going to do it again. They're going to do it again. L.A., Pittsburgh, Washington, take your pick, man. Colorado. Boston. Sorry. Uh, I, yeah, I do agree with you. Boston's the outlier. Boston and the Blues, <laughs> even though Petrangelo was the seventh overall pick. What do I know? Yeah, but, you know, the old uh, exception that proves the rule. Thank you, Jim. Um, oh, Bro was a seventh overall pick. I know. I, I didn't work out. You know, shit. We want to trade him. We didn't trade for Ryan O'Reilly when we had the chance. You know, Hexall wouldn't uh, do it. That's why. Yeah, can't trade San, uh, Travis Sandlin. No, we cannot. Um, so let's talk. Let's talk a little bit more about the lottery, guys. Uh, at seven, I didn't, I didn't say who I wanted. to Yeah, that's draft. what I'm going to say. Go ahead. Me, me no, I, I actually don't know. <laughs> really? So I will say this: I obviously still like more. I don't see as much on him right now, but you know, I got to let the dust settle a little bit. Um, the name been going around even before I've seen reported is Dvorsky. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't necessarily know why. I just have been seeing his name pop up a lot on different feeds. Uh, so I guess he's in the conversation. I even saw him go in one mock. Don't remember who. I saw him go like above Will Smith. Um, and as we kind of discussed off air, I see how Travis feels. Will Smith is a name because I don't think Columbus is taking him now. No. Um, right. He could be there. I still hope somebody else kind of just takes him. Not that I don't that I hate him or anything. I just would rather that issue be somebody else's issue above us and somebody that I more I would like them to see get is more likely there. So I kind of do hope that happens. Um, but yeah, I mean the names right now are Dvorsky, obviously Leonard, and I haven't seen more. But you know, we'll see what we'll. See. It's going to be a lot of moving and shaking from now to the draft. It's just the way it is. The people rise, people fall. You know, maybe Bedard, you know, decides to play in the KHL. <laughs> so I'm looking at Russ's list right here, and Flyers are picking seven. He's got Dvorsky at seven, which, mm. I, fly. Listen, Flyers fans would love this kid, and he's a center, pure center. I mean, he carried uh, his team on his back in the in the U18s. Um, I think he'd be a hell of a player. Uh, he's at seven. Oliver Moore's at eight, and then Ryan Leonard's at ten. This is on Russ Cohen's. Uh, updated list updated on may 3rd so flyers are getting a player and will he's got will uh will smith at six so whether it's smith Dvorsky, moore uh leonard i'm happy with any one of those guys trav what about you yeah i'm the same way i i, I don't have a guy yet i still want to do more research as we go on here we got about a month and a half to go but i did hear today someone with some knowledge thinks that smith's going to end up going fourth or fifth that, now, that was were... before the yeah it was okay 
They were re- they were really happy with his U18s. So what's that now? That's you said fourth or fifth. So that's Montreal and San Jose. San Jose, yes. Okay. Uh, ah, yeah, I could see that. I'd be happy with that. You know, not that I hate. I I really don't. If we wound up with Will Smith, I really wouldn't be that upset. I just it's 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 like the most what's the word like polarizing pick. Like yeah, it, it we, we would be, we would be button heads as a fan. Well, we're going to do that anyway. We get Bedard and people be yelling at each other. So, you know, but it would just, it would really add fuel to the fire. And I don't know where I stand on it yet. So it's, it, that is by far the most interesting player outside of the like top four for me. Just, I just curious where he goes and how he does. And if uh, you're saying he goes, what did you say? Fourth or fifth? That, well, uh-huh. Mitch Koff, that makes sense if they don't like his situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's interesting. I'll be honest. If, Michkov's there for the taking, and we pass on him. I'll be disappointed. Well, you heard Ross said Briere's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, and he's the interim. He's the interim, and then he's like, nope. Sets so balls right there. Mm-hmm. So that I thought that was a a great point by Russ. But in the same token, I mean, they took two Russians during that span in Provorov, and you know, the, for whatever reason, they liked Rupsov enough to take him. Like, why wouldn't they? Take well, it's draft? it's a complete different front office than it was, though. That's the thing. Yeah, Hextall's the only one who who grabbed the Russians. Like, dude, like Brent Flair wasn't there. Danny, I guess Barry Hanrahan was there, but like he's the captain. He's guy. always there. Yeah, yeah. he's there. He is okay, definitely let's there. Let's not get started he's, he's on him. But, uh... <laughs> Barry, present. Yeah. Guys, if you're watching live, there's a, a bunch of you watching live. Make sure to comment. You know, let us know what you think about tonight. Uh, are you disappointed? Obviously, you're disappointed. Uh, but what do you think about the Flyers sitting at seven? I mean, who would you like them to take? Who would you like them to take at seven? If if you follow me on Twitter, you know who I want. Um, yeah. Craig Button compared Ryan Leonard to Travis Konechny today, which I don't. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but I don't agree with that comparison really at all. Yeah, I read more in the Dylan Larkin, um, Ryan this, Callahan. Uh, that's thing. who I thought he could play because yeah, like, Ryan Callahan. Well, was they compared Larkin to Callahan sure. when he came out too. It's like in the oh, same- really. Yeah, and it's it's one of the players. Um, I wouldn't surprise me if he's there. If, if Detroit, he's Detroit's pick. I almost be convinced. That's um, interesting because I, I, I kind of I don't compare Larkin and Callahan at all. Mm. Yeah, no, I that's, think Callahan was like a a really good grinder. <laughs> you know, like you think of grinders as like small. third or fourth he's, line he's, guys. He's but, smaller, yeah. but like heart and soul kind of guy. But this isn't my comparisons. This is just what I read. And it was at the time of Larkin's draft. And I, I even think that they compared Larkin to Yeiserman. So if there's at, – at the time, if there was a um, – <laughs> if he's available and they think he's like Larkin, I, that I, in my opinion, that's easily their pick. But see why he could pick somebody who's not even in the top 15 – and I would, you know, be like, yeah, I, you know, I believe it. It's a good pick. Stevie Y does. Look what he did with Cider. Cider was like, I think he was top fifth, like he was in the 14, 15 range. He yeah. was sixth overall. And he's good, you know, so I'm not going to go against Stevie Y. You guys think that, you know, Columbus and Philadelphia now are only four picks apart in this thing with Kevin Hayes all but a, a lock to go to Columbus. Do you think they still work out some kind of a, deal where the flyers can maybe move up four spots i, I mean I, we would have to, to trade connect and what else we uh york <laughs> like there's no way there's no there is no yarmo's not that stupid if fletcher was running columbus oh yeah all day but like with yarmo there's no way if anything we'll somehow I'll trade hayes and drop back into the 20s <laughs> i i think they retain money on hayes and he goes yeah. for a second or a third round pick 
Exactly. They do need a second, and I'd be okay with that at this point. Hey, Kenny G. It's been a while. Come here to take for uh, Jim's fancy. (laughs) Speed Demon with the wicked shot. I mean, Jack, that's right up your alley right there, dude. See, that kind of sounds like Travis Konecki. It does. Well, we got Travis Konecki like 22, man. This is too early for that shit. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good pick by Hextall. That's a good trade, too. That was a Coburn trade. And then he moved up with the second rounder he had. It, was like, it goes right under the carpet. <laughs> that is some, true. Some some league-wide things. I'm glad Pitt didn't move up to that four spot. Oh, yeah. That would have been a nightmare. Whether Gary tried. You know Gary tried. Yeah, whether that would have been Smith or Carlson or Mitchkov. I mean, that would have been a nightmare. The Capitals stay put. Thank the Lord. Um, once it kind of got down to that final three, I was hoping it was going to be the Ducks. I thought Bedard and Zegers could have been cool. Mm-hmm. My fantasy um, <laughs> I didn't want Columbus just because of the whole Johnny Gaudreau, Connor Bedard, Kevin Hayes thing. I mean, that's that's what we wanted last year. Talking this time last year, <laughs> yeah. that's what us Flyers fans oh wanted. God, so I'm glad it's not Columbus. Face. So all those people saying, oh, Johnny, not, not that I necessarily disagree, but the Johnny Hockey doesn't make sense for this team now. For that team to do that right in our face? <laughs> oh, my God. I thought that was going to happen just for yeah, that so reason. I, 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 everyone's like, am I, I don't know how I feel. Maybe because I'm angry right now. No, never mind. I'm not going to say it. Forget it. Why? I'm going to say I almost preferred that over him going to Chicago, but I don't mean that. I'm just, I'm emotional. I don't mean it. Well, here's the thing. So there's two sides. Like, I'm I'm glad that he's not in the Metro. True. At the same time, it would have been kind of cool to watch Bedard four times a year. No? no. See, that's where I'm at in my fandom, I think. Well, think about what the Flyers Flyers aren't going to be good for a while. I'm just going to enjoy watching good players, I think, you know? Yeah, but we've gone through almost 10 years of really bad hockey that's gotten progressively worse with one little, you know, poke mm-hmm. in the stand and the graph. If he goes to a Metro team, oh my God, dude, you might not like hockey again. We have to cancel everything. Maybe hey guys, Crosby, stores, you know, like that would be tough to watch. I, I am Anaheim mate would have been great. Chicago, you know, there's no gods, but it's still the West. It's still the West. Yeah, you're right. Keep, right. keep Bedard. Keep all the Connors in the West. I only want to face them in the Cup. That's it. Going back on, going back on one of Jack's previous points, I completely agree with you that the league, and I think the league knows this. They they should. The league's better when the Flyers are good because that's ticket sales, that's jersey sales, and pe- people hate the Flyers, so they're right. tuning in for Flyers, Penguins, Rangers, Peng- or uh, Rangers, Flyers, them kind of games that kind of holds true for Chicago as well. I mean, the, the league's better when Chicago's good. I'm almost into that point. I, I know they kind of had to, but like, God, it sucks. They took Detroit out of that division, Chicago and Detroit. Mm-hmm. Like I love that rivalry, especially in the playoffs. Like, Oh my God. But yeah, no, I mean, you saw what they did with their little you know, run and to just revamp that. Like, you know, one player who's probably like really relieved is, um, Oh God, I'm gonna forget his name now. Seth, uh, the Jones. defense. Seth Jones. Seth Jones. Thank. You. I was. I kept wanting to say Seth Rollins. I don't even watch wrestling now. <laughs> uh, yeah, Seth Jones signing big time there, shunning the Flyers and immediately shitting the bed. Yeah, he's probably like, "Woo, I got a chance now." What? Uh, shit, I just completely lost my train of thought. Yeah, Damn. I do that when I go on. Um, 
Oh, we got a comment to save us here from Chris Bennett. Bennett. Chef Bennett. Meechkoff, Benson, Dvorsky, Reinbacher. Maybe see if Detroit wants to move 9-18 and 18 to get 7, maybe plus. Still potentially have more Leonard Smith, Perot on the board there. I love this, by the way. I, would, I, am, I like that, too. I yeah. would love that. I just see Stevie Y staying put and just taking somebody that we're like, oh, and he just, you know. I wonder if a guy like Benson would have... in with those other names at the top. I mean, you know, uh, Stevie Y likes his day. According to Russ. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he likes him. I don't know. But uh, I mean, oh, I'm not against it. Don't get me wrong. You never have enough defensemen. And if he's in a, you know, move back scenario... I just feel like Detroit will stay put, take somebody nobody's expecting. I hope another team does. I'm not against trading back. It's just how far back you go. And it's not a cold call field situation as much as Rush laid that out. We may screw ourselves in the end, uh, but there's a lot of players I like. It's it's not like there's one guy I have to have. Like, the, you know, there's we're all in. Could it be more? Could it be Leonard? Could it be Dvorsky? If you have your pick of the litter and you can move back a couple of spots, I don't even care what you grab. Do right. it. Yeah. Do it. I'm on that bus. As much as I would love them to take Ryan Leonard, I'm still on that. You know, if, yeah, sure. If you could trade back two spots and potentially still get your guy, oh Jim, and get an you know an extra pick, yeah. Leonard's at, ranked at ten according to Russ. Can you imagine moving back to eight, nine, ten, and still getting Leonard? Yeah, I mean, like, any any one of the names that are literally in this comment, I'd be fine with. Uh, uh, for, aside from Perot in top ten, because I think if you can get Perot at eighteen. That's a great first round. Like that's uh Proverov TK first round right there. Um, but yeah, I would do that in a heartbeat. Uh, you guys would do it too. It sounds like. Yeah, oh, I yeah. So. I think so. there's so many good names. If it's the Oh three draft and you have an opportunity to move back and get two of those guys, you do that. Yeah. I want as many first rounders we can get this year. Right. See, these are the, we were talking about this with Russ. This is the kind of stuff that we need to see start to happen like you can't just be all right we're going to use all of our picks we need creativity yes we need like we shouldn't we shouldn't be able to predict the moves that are going to happen right a smart gm does stuff where we're like holy shit where did that come from like how did he pull that off like oh my god you know what <laughs> i, I mean? say this to my friends all the time is it possible that the flyers could just borrow howie roseman for just uh, just <laughs> one day you know, and just and make that happen because that's exactly what you're describing. Yeah, I was I was talking to someone last week, and they're like, "Man, I really don't think they should trade Provorov. It's not a smart move." And then he started saying, "He's a minutes eater and all that stuff," which I kind of don't buy into. Line. But um, I I said, "Well, yeah, you got to take a step back to move too forward," and I think Provorov's the way you do that, and I. I think we could get a, a decent first rounder for him. I really do. Well, and the other thing is when I try to describe my dream defensive core, um, I don't want my top two defensemen being minutes eater. I want them being like studs, like good, like Game really breakers. good. Yeah. yeah. And I also want them to want to be here. You know, and I really think that's a massive issue with Proverall. If there's any player on the entire team, even more than Hayes, that needs a change of scenery based on how he's acted it's Provorov. Hayes is more contractual than it is anything. And they both need to be moved, don't get me wrong. But Provorov, I question I'll never question his effort. He he leaves right. it all out on the ice. But like does he even really want to be here? I don't know. Man. I don't think so. 
Nah, you can't have not. a guy in your locker room like that. I just, I, I just, I do think ultimately they part ways at some point. Um, okay. I just did it again. I had something I was going to say, and I my fault. I just no, go it, on. It's not you. It's like as, as soon as I'm ready to say it, gone. It's um, not you. It's me. Yeah. I thought you were oh, here it is. I got it. It's back. Hey. Uh, okay. So now that the 2023 draft is over, Macklin Celebrini, the already projected 2024 first overall pick. Should we start the hashtag up now? Yeah. Seller for Celebrini. (laughs) Oh, God. Right? When Florida finishes last next year, we're in business, baby. Oh, we're going to have two picks. I got got a name for you. Michael Misa. It's a couple years from now, but this kid's going to be a stud. So it's probably 2025? Not next year. I think 25. <laughs> hey, his name. hey, let's go. Uh, M-I-S-A. Michael so, Misa. Let's, get, let's Italian it up. Get all the Italian players that you can get. Misa, Celebrini, well, D'Angelo. Gym. I don't know if we want to go that heavy into the espresso market. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a winning strategy. It's not soccer, Jim. Congratulations to Napoli winning their third Scudetto. I don't go. even know what that means. I have no idea what right. you just said. <laughs> Is that like a uh, like one of those K- like the cookie things? Yeah, they won one of the the uh, the trays. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought it was one of those like flour cookies. Oh no no, it's a soccer team. They won. So like, yeah. Well, sorry. Before listen, before the viewers start falling off here, let's move on. Yeah yeah yeah. Shit. Um, all right. Abort. So some some more Flyers related news here before we you know forget to bring this up. Flyers have three players representing. North America in the World Championships in Tampier, Finland. I think that's how you say it. And Riga, Latvia. Uh, Cutter Gauthier and Ronnie Adderd will be re- representing the United States. And Scott Lawton will be representing Canada. So that's pretty cool. We'll have uh, a vested reason to watch the World Championships. I, I believe they'll be on NHL Network. Uh, there, were, uh, there were two other flyers invited to Team Canada who respectfully declined. Oh, get out. Who are they? Morgan Frost and Travis Konecny. Hmm, that's interesting. Hmm. Uh, okay. guess they didn't need uh, Scott Walton. I guess needed to go over and they didn't. I don't know. Frost should have went. Should have went. That's what I think. But, yeah, that'll be fun. That's uh, It starts May 12th. So I would assume that that runs maybe a little bit longer than a week. I, I think I saw May 12th to the 18th uh, where, where how long that tournament goes for. So that'll be fun. That's uh, next next week. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, what a night, Jack. I, I thought I was going to get a little bit more fire from you for tonight. We had a guest. You, you had a guest? Oh, we had a guest. <laughs> Ross, and yeah. he started with the guest. I didn't get to get it all out and then have the guest. You start, you brought him in and I, you know, I my tongue. <laughs> here's a comment from Cliff. Cliff, thanks for hanging out as always. Chicago tanked so well. Gave away their best young player into Brankett and aren't as deep in prospects as many teams. They'll be five to seven years with no playoffs. Cliff, they got Bedard. They're going to be in playoffs next year. <laughs> Dude, they got the Brinkat in the second round. Look what they traded him for. Like, they're going to be fine. Like, the, I, the, Chicago is the team I'm least worried about getting back into the swing of things, you little shit. Is a, a what's a comparable for a Debrinket trade? For I mean, sorry, for Konechny. You think it's a Debrinket trade? No. Uh, well, he did have a really pretty good season, but he's got to stay healthy. I, um, I don't think it's as much as Debrinket. Really? I was, was a high pick. That was a high pick to, to begin with. 
Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I think you look at the Flyers situation, and you, and I mean, it depends on the GM, obviously. If it's Fletcher, it'd probably be uh, a Braun style of return. <laughs> um, but like, um, I, like, they're definitely getting a first plus, first yeah. and an A prospect plus. But I don't think that A prospect is like, you know, creme de la creme. Uh, but I don't think they're getting a top ten. Not definitely not in this draft, but like next year, I don't know what it looks like. Um, a top ten pick, like sneaking into the back of that. No, no. I'd two years shocked. left on his deal. Uh, he five signed five point five. I think he's got what? at least two or three. Yeah, he's got two years left. Two where, years. Where did very the, good uh, contract. Where did the Blues pick? Hmm. Last year. I don't remember. Uh, it's like what thirteenth or something. I think I saw thirteen. Yeah. I, I just kind of look at like what teams could be aggressive and like not want the pick. Cause it sounds like St. Louis is going to use them picks that they got to acquire good roster players. They want to make the playoffs next year. They might have to use it on a goalie though. <laughs> they messed that situation up bad. He's weird. Oh, it gets a goalie. So, you know, I mean, he's now their enforcer apparently. Well, not even just weird. He's terrible. Yeah. Well, <laughs> on, a, on a terrible contract too. That's what I'm saying. Like there it's when I see a situation like that, I kind of go like, what do you do? You know, like you're kind of married to him. You're going to just load up on offense. Hey, maybe. Right. Sorry. I'm trying to find scenarios where like they start winning and they even out a bit. It's not like, Oh, look at this. And it's, you know, I I could see, I'm not saying he's going to be a Vesna guy or anything like that. I promise you. I'm not saying that, but. Yeah, maybe maybe they do look to go that route. They're in they're in it to win it. They got the money spent and all. Maybe maybe the Blues trade thirteen and one of them picks they have at the late first round. Man, that'd be something. Yeah, I could see that. I'm trying to think. I mean, Washington. That's going to be an interesting situation to see what they do. Well, they're going to get Mishkov. Let's be real. Could you that's imagine Chicago? That... Chicago gets Bedard and Washington gets Mishkov. That's what I'm kind of leaning towards as well. Could you imagine? I just did. <laughs> Pittsburgh gets Celebrini next year. Oh Jesus Christ! There you go. But but this year, Dan, Gary, Danny B trades connect me to Pitt. Ooh, that would be terrible. <laughs> I see. I don't want any trades with Pittsburgh. Nah, I, I hated John Leclaire playing for them, and oh my god, Recky playing for them. I hated the worst all of year of my life. What about yeah. Mark Streit? <laughs> and Mark and we didn't trade him there directly. That was Tampa. What a, what a dumb trade that was. <laughs> um, okay, so we're uh, about 50 minutes in. We didn't touch on Stanley Cup playoffs at all. Uh, we're in second oh, round. Geez, you're gonna now. You're really gonna. I got there playoffs. I know it's coming up. Go ahead, Jim. No, I, second round. I want to know what you guys think of the second round so far. So first round. Greatest first round in the history of the NHL, right? It's already been said. Second round, is it as exciting for you guys? Because I'm actually watching this year. I have something invested, and that is my Mount Rushmore of greatest coaches. Because Hacksaw <laughs> is just chiseling his face in, <laughs> and I can't take it anymore. I see it in the Flyers Nation. I, I want to leave. I just want to leave the Facebook group. I can't take it anymore. Everybody with the same take, like they thought of it on their own. It's unbelievable. It's like you didn't watch the guy when he was here. It's, it is it is possible to be horrible at one place, learn from your mistakes, 
and do something elsewhere. It is very possible to do that. They're coming out. He was never the problem. He's a great coach. Hextall restricted everything he did. Sure, there's shreds of truth in that. Duke was a moron here. Okay, do we not forget he started Elliott for a straight month, gave right into core muscle surgery. He's challenging plays with a minute left in the game. They're up two goals. The goal gets scored. He challenges it, loses the challenge. Now his team's on the penalty kill, goes into overtime, losing a shootout. The guy doesn't even know the rules. He's an idiot. He was an idiot. Excuse me. He was horrible with this team. Were there restrictions? Most likely they were. His whole thing was he's good with the, the young kids. He benched all the young kids. He, 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 they all regressed. Everybody regressed. So I don't want to hear this hackstall shit. It was a joke. He was not good here. He was not. If you watch the team, he was not good here. He's a snowflake behind the bench. He's obviously doing that differently. He grew a beard. He looks great. It's not <laughs> wonderful. Okay. He was shit here. You will never convince me otherwise because I watched every goddamn game. He was a joke. Sorry. Rant over. I was going to say, this is Jack Spadard anger coming out. Of <laughs> yeah, I channeled it elsewhere. <laughs> Hang on, I have a, I have something for you. Got, Trav, go ahead. Uh, you want to touch on your second round? What are your second round thoughts? I'll bring it up as you talk here. Yeah, I mean, you say the word entertaining. I guess there hasn't been as many close games. A lot of blowouts so far. Yeah. Um, a lot of offense. People like yeah. that. Um, got that right. I've been rooting for the Maple Leafs, but like, I can't lie. <laughs> like, watching Bobrovsky turn back the clock has been so awesome. I love Bob. And I love watching him play well. He's doing good. So, like, I'm not really even mad that Toronto's really shit in the bed here. Um, Carolina looks good. They got pumped last game. Yeah, they did. Um, this this Edmonton-Vegas uh, series has gotten real chippy, and I like that. That's entertaining to watch. I think you Edmonton need to play better that way against that Edmonton. Series. Edmonton better. I cannot have the Kraken and Vegas, one of the two, <laughs> going to the cup. Can't. Nope, can't have it, okay? Fans need to suffer more. Need the Oilers to win. Dallas is hit, getting hit with some injuries. That's going to be tough. And I'm really going to be here. He is. You oh. effing bastard. Look at that first face. Off, first <laughs> off. Such a goober face. Look at his face. <laughs> Who, Jim Montgomery? No, Hackstall. <laughs> Where's his beard? Where's his goatee? That's when he was with the Flyers. I think he Dude. shaved it, didn't he? That, 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 I thought I saw, why would he shave his beard during the playoffs? Was he, see, he doesn't know the rules. He's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so that guy in the middle. That I really think the Kraken are going to advance. Dallas is falling to pieces. I don't think Ottinger can, can pick up the slack enough. I haven't seen enough of Jason Robinson. It's been the Pavelski show. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I do. Th- I think the Kraken are going to come out of that friggin' series. I need Edmonton to come out and knock off the Kraken. On the other side, the Devils, at least funny, I'm like writing them off. They do exactly what they did in the Rangers series, although that was an overtime win against the Rangers. They smoke Carolina. Like now it's like if they win this next game, they're, they're the same trajectory, trajectory I've been drinking, trajectory of that series is like they lose two, they win two, then they take control of the series. If they do that, and we have a Devils-Florida Eastern Conference Finals, I want to know who picked that bracket. And yeah, right. the only thing on Florida, Toronto, it's one. It's I'm so I want Toronto to win because I like the players on the team, especially Matthews. There are some serious crybabies over there. I get it. I totally get it. But my God. And uh, sometimes you got it. You just got you got Jim. I think it was you who retweeted how much money Marner and Matthews are making combined. Like dude, make a play, step up and make a play. You wanted all the money, especially Marner. I remember that offseason. Like, make a play. Stop crying and do something. 
And yeah, Bob, that's the other thing that came out. Oh, why we trade this guy again? I'm like, you real Holgram really had no choice. Okay. I'm telling you when Ed Schneider, who's not, doesn't have much time left and sees a, a, a playoff where you start Bobrovsky, Michael Layton, yes, he was still on the team, yep. and Brian Boucher, all within a playoff series, that's a problem. He demanded they go get the top goalie available, who happened to be a system goalie in Briscoff and a space cadet, you know, and you pay him like top dollar. You're and Bobrovsky says, Yeah, I'm not gonna start here. I want to be traded. What are you gonna do? Make it make him raw on your roster? No, you have to trade the guy. That's the only reason why he got moved. It was out of our hands. He got traded. He's a phenomenal goalie. We were impatient. Our owner was impatient, understandably so. Shit happens. Good for him. I'm having a lot of fun in this second round. I'm sweating. Which <laughs> usually I turn the second round off. You know what I'm really? I know it like supports the playoff system that I don't like. Because it but just gets right. it you're just right. gets it gets boring. Like I like I've said it before. I like the chaos of the first round. I like game after game after game after game every night. Things kind of slow down a little bit in the second round. I think Sunday they did it right. They had a day game, an evening game, and a night game. Yeah. Um, but it, so I'm loving this second round, and I'm not rooting for Seattle, but they've become a team that I. Uh, I respect. How's that? Because I don't. I don't really enjoy watching them play or win, but I respect them. And I like the way they play. Well, they're doing it without a star. Like who's this? When you think of Seattle, who's the star? Dave there, Axel. There you go. <laughs> Seattle has like four second lines. Yeah, I love Jared McCann. Like I, I just like that whole story with Pittsburgh. <laughs> I, I really enjoy that. The only thing holding me back from being a flat-out Kraken fan for this playoffs is the whole – it's not even Haxel himself. It's the bullshit takes. It, it's a shame. It's just – they're doing a great job out there. They really are. Yeah. Uh, and then you got Vegas and Edmonton. It looks like – I haven't been watching tonight. Trav, you got a score? Are you, are you have the game uh, on it? 2-1 everybody? Vegas. Okay. God so it looks it. like Vegas trying to keep in it, even that one up. But uh, it looked like Edmonton was – they're going to be t- a tough out, man. And Dreisaitl's playing possessed. What's he got? Like oh thirteen goals already. Uh, thirteen goals was the 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 leading goal scorer last year. It was the max amount of playoff goals scored uh, for the leader. And Drysaddle already has thirteen. He had a four goal game, and he had a. Did he have a hat trick the other night, or did it, did it was it just two? Well, he definitely had a four goal game. I know that. Which using it with Hughes' game. Yeah, I'm thinking it was two. Okay. Yeah. I, so I mean, even that, like the start of the second round. Pavelski, four goal night, loses 5-4 in overtime. Yeah. The very next night, Dreisaitl, four goal night. I think I think they lost. They did lose. Back-to-back nights, four goal, pl- four goal nights for, for players on both nights, and they both lost. I would love to know if that's ever happened before. That was insane to me. I could see how it do- happening in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> like, like but how- it's, a good, it's a good question, yeah. How does the guy score four goals and he's the only guy that scores and I, you I, lose? I felt really bad for Pavelski. He like gets hurt, comes that guy, back, man. does that, and they're like, guys, could give us one. I was know four goals for his team. Like it's like really, I got us overtime single handedly. Nobody could chip in. Like yep. the the other the other night, I thought about going back to all my old tweets of saying we should sign Pavelski instead of Kevin Hayes, but I didn't feel like being that guy. <laughs> you could have been. <laughs> I mean that. Uh, that was such like who knows if he wanted to come here. Maybe I don't even know if they made him an offer because they traded for Hayes' rights. But like 
that was such a layup move to go after Pavelski and not Hayes and Chuck didn't do that. I don't even think Pavelski was on his radar. To be honest with you, I think he 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 because of Vigno actually. Yeah, I think it had a lot of it had to do with Vigno. But yeah, you're right. I kind of like those older players as they have contracts they are kind of easier to get out of. But like Pavelski, he might sign another one. Yeah. Kind of going back to that Toronto Florida series. Yeah, let's talk about that one a little bit. I'm, I'm gonna talk about their front office a little bit. Don't Kyle I'm gonna Dubas, get very upset. Kyle Dubas has to be like the most overrated GM ever, right? Like uh, what what has he done? So I, I understand like why you say him. that. I understand why you say that. And he has made some baffling decisions. Like I never liked the Matt Murray edition. Um, but like sometimes the players gotta friggin' play, man. Like Jesus Christ. Like he's got some talent on that team and they're just not performing. Tavares, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Bunting. Like, what the F are they doing out there? Like, you should overpower this team. You got Matthew Kachuk. People are saying he's better than Matthews. Like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. like it's embarrassing. <laughs> now, there is be. some, to your point, Travis, there is some team-building aspects that I – I mean, he added Ryan O'Reilly. I love that. That's a move. good – yes, that's a good I move. love that move. And it's like – that's where I'm like, yo, they got – the players have to play. Stop crying and – play you know and it's i i always have an issue with their goaltending i don't know i always felt they should have traded for gibson from anaheim and it's just i don't even know if they were ever in talks or maybe anaheim had nothing to do with that but he goes these odd directions and it's always feels like it's secondary and i feel like that's cost them and what a what a weird injury by the way for what was that samson off i didn't see what happened what happened Luke Shen took him out. did he really yeah he, Shen Luke Shen slid to try to break up a odd man rush, and he slid right into Samsonov. That's a shame. He was playing well, I thought too. And that was a good pickup. That was nothing though. That wasn't like that wasn't the big acquisition. Like Washington cut him. Like they just moved on from it. It's, it's just odd to me that like it's very obvious that if they didn't make a run this year, his job's done. And then you pin all your hopes on Matt Murray and. Ilya Samsonov. That I agree with. Samsonov is whatever because it was very like low risk. Murray, I agree with. I haven't liked Murray since his like final two seasons in Pittsburgh, let alone Ottawa. Right. Like, and that I agree with. That I totally agree with. I feel like goaltending, even Campbell ended up being a better move than I thought it was going to be, but it was still kind of low key. Like, why haven't they just well they traded him? for him to be the backup? Wasn't he Freddie Anderson's <laughs> yeah, you're backup? Right. You're right, because they still had um what's his name? Frederick Anderson, I believe, at the time, right? So yes. like They've always taken a backseat to goaltending. I'm like, guys, you went far with like Felix Potvin and Kurt and Cujo, like Curtis Joseph. Like that's when you were most almost most successful. You saw the second round more often, that's for sure. Like offensively, he's killed it. Defensively, he's added. You know, I Giordano has been okay, I guess. Yeah, you know? but he it didn't. Was, he didn't bring in Matthews and Marner and all that. And that that's was true. Lamorello. That's true. Those like, are, if anything, you know, Dubas overpaid them guys when they were too young. Even Nylander, yeah, and he made a promise that he would never trade him or whatever, and maybe that's kind of burning him because he could probably use that to shore up his back end or goaltending. Um, but, yeah, there, there's holes in that roster. When it comes to offense, he hits it. When it comes to defense, it's a little it's relying on Morgan Riley an awful lot. Uh, Giordano's making like nothing, so I can't hate that. Um, and, yeah, goaltending, is it. that's where their issues are. That and I think they're a little – they're very talented, but they're they're still soft. So I was gonna I was gonna put something out on Twitter the other day, and I was gonna read off the Leafs defensemen. Take away Morgan Riley, and I don't know. Let's say 
uh, more uh, Ivan Provorov. And I was going to put fly- the Flyers defense side by side with the Leafs defense. And I was going to ask, who would you guys rather have? Right? Because if you take away Morgan Riley, you're looking at TJ Brody making $5 million, 32 years old. Justin Hall, who I don't know Terrible. where he came from. Wow. Uh, Jake McCabe. You know, solid defenseman, 29. That was their, uh, uh, that was their free age or um, deadline acquisition. Yep. Signed for three years, uh, two million apiece. Timothy Lilligren, another guy, not sure wh- wh- where he came from, 24 he years was, old. He was a first round pick. I, I kind of like him. He yeah. shows really some young, signs though, right? of being a good puck mover. Mm-hmm. Luke Shen, Mark Giordano, <laughs> 39. I think he's, he's kind of showing his age now, I think unfortunately. He's minimum. He is. It. Yeah. he is, but he, I think there's an argument out that, that you could say he's hurting the Leafs more than he's helping right now. He had a really yeah. strong regular season. He struggled mightily in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And then so? Eric Gustafson. If I if I put the Flyers D side by side wow. with the Leafs D, I mean, who would you have, you know? Uh, short term, uh, Flyers. Long term, the Leafs. <laughs> like, the, Well, the fact that you even have to think about it is yeah. – Pretty telling is, is my point. Like the Leafs D is not they very be, good. You know who they could use? They could really use Ursulina. They need somebody to punch somebody in the mouth. Like they do. Risto they're, ain't they're, doing that. He'll hit you, but he ain't punching nobody. No, that's I, you don't want to do that in the playoffs. I'm saying like hit somebody. <laughs> like he needs to hit him and Luke Shen. They, they need to like hit people. And it's just um because they're 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 forwards. They're, they're crying. They're crying that they're getting oh this isn't getting called. That isn't getting called. You, you can't do that. Like the refs aren't going to just suddenly turn on your side. So you got to like kind of police yourselves a little bit here. And I, I do feel like they'd be better. I mean, they're just more talented in the end. And you took away uh, Provorov, which I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, when you said some of those names, I feel like they are they need like a true number two or something. Like they need something. They could honestly use Provorov like pretty yeah, I, I said for years, like they needed like a like a prime Shea Weber to play next to Morgan Riley. Oh, my like, God, they'd be you need Like Riley's a good two if he's got the right partner. You, they don't have a number one in my eyes. I can I can understand why you say that. And I, you, if you all you can afford is a another not true number one like a Provorov or something like that, they'd be significantly better. My God, if that team got Shea, a Shea Weber t- style player or Victor Hedman, or my God, that would that would be the missing piece. Like I'm telling, you, I mean, they still needed to get better in goal, but like that would that would be Jesus. That would really that would make them the lightning in their prime. And it so, does suck. I mean, their best defender. He's not a one either. I think he's a two, but that's Muzzin. I mean, he got I'm hurt early in the year. He's probably never going to play again. I mean, that I obviously say, hurt. Somebody's hurt. Yeah, somebody's got to be hurt. They they never really replaced him. Uh, so hey, Toronto right. has they Boston's. Came, they went a little cheap, but that's because they spent all their assets on uh, Ryan O'Reilly. So Toronto has Boston's first-round pick this year. Um, wow. If Dubas is still there. I'm going to assume Dubas. he's going to look to move it. Dubas, Dubas, whatever. Uh, maybe they do need Ivan Provorov. You know, maybe there is something there. How the hell did they get Boston's first round pick? I, yeah, I don't remember. Actually, I can click that. Hang on. I'll tell you. Who they on trade February away first round pick? Man, I don't know. Um, okay, so Washington had Boston's first round uh. pick. And they traded Rasmus Sandin for Eric Gustafson in a 2023 first round pick. Oh. Kind of a short sighted trade, in my opinion, for Toronto because Sandin, I think, is a pretty good player. Mm-hmm. Um, Could use not him right sure. now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I'm not sure if if Dubis, Dubis, all right, Trav, go. is still Dubis. there. Dubis. 
maybe they move that pick because it wouldn't make sense for them to keep it. I mean, maybe it would. I don't know. I really don't. Uh, know. I mean, if they that, that's they the good. one thing he's done. I mean, he just trades his first round pick every year. That trade um, to get Nick Felino in there for a first round yeah. pick helped, or two two first round picks for a washed up Nick Felino. That was a terrible trade. See, we need the Flyers to make some of these moves. Like Dude, that. Prover off to Toronto for that first, baby. Let's go. Two first. If Felino goes for two first, come on. Now we're talking. That Maybe was a like trade Cam, deadline. That was a trade deadline. Cam, Atkins, Cam Atkinson for two first round picks. Now we're there. Talking. We go. Yeah, Miss we're gonna leadership. Cap, though. We're gonna eat some cap. Former forty goal scorer. Um. All right, boys. We're about a hour and eight minutes in. Uh, let me see. Did we did we miss anything tonight? Is there anything that you guys want to touch on before we? close out this show the only thing i'll add is when you brought up the front office draft for a second i thought you were talking about florida in which case i'll just bring up bill zito remember that guy took a lot of flack for trading for matthew kachuk uh seems to be things are working out also interviewed here was edged out by chuck fletcher by edged out i mean they never even considered bill zito they just did it because they had to and because his father plays golf with bobby clark we got Chuck Fletcher. So think about that. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Jack's just letting it all out. Fuck. Um, so something that I want to maybe bring up next episode here is I thought it was interesting of the final eight teams in the playoffs. Four of the teams have no state income tax, which hmm. I think allows them to, uh, not necessarily sign players for less money, but sign players to lower cap hits. And, you know, when you look at the top players' salaries, you're like, what are you talking about, Jim? These guys are making eight, nine million. Well, yeah, but if you look at how much the Leafs had to pay, guys like Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, I mean, they're paying $10, $11 million for these guys, you know? And there's a reason for that. It's because Toronto gets taxed out the ass. So, a guy making nine million in Florida is essentially making the same as a guy, and I'm just just for argument's sake, a guy making nine million in Florida is making the same as a guy making ten point five in Toronto, is what I'm saying. So what that allows a team to do is spend more money on depth. Seattle, build a team of these guys, right? They're not paying anybody nine, ten million dollars. Um, look at Vegas. I mean they kind of did the opposite. They, they went out and signed a lot of these guys, Petrangelo, Eichel, um, but a, a team with no state income tax. Tampa Bay was in the playoffs for, I mean, two back-to-back cups. Florida's doing it now. Uh, and there's, there's one more I'm leaving out. Oh, Dallas. Dallas, another team with no state income tax. Coincidence? I don't think so. Uh, I like to connect these things and say, hey, that's an actual advantage. If you're able to sign players for less of a cap hit, that's an absolute advantage over teams that have to, you know, pay a little bit more to guys to get them to play there, right? Because the government's taking more money out of their friggin' checks. Oh, you mean the lightning tax? Yeah, I've heard of that. <laughs> I mean, it's a perfect example. Yeah, the NHL has one of the worst salary cap situations in all sports. Like, look at the NBA, the the movement you get there with the soft cap and we got a stupid hard cap like the nba is great for their trade deadlines or off season it's fun it's great you know and then you know football they're cutting people left and right man those players got a weak union and baseball they don't have they have a luxury tax 
Like you, you can go over, you get penalized, but you can still spend what you want to spend. The hard cap sucks. Everybody knows it. The only per the only single person who likes it is Gary Bettman and low market teams. That's it. And it, get rid it, of it. It's it. And it it sucks. It hurts the league. It hurts the movement. It hurts the fun and the frenzy and all that craziness. It and it's 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 a cry of shame. And I unfortunately, because that goofball, it probably won't change. No, it, it needs to go. And I'm going to push this a little bit because I think that, you know, especially if, if Vegas beats Edmonton and, you know, either Seattle or Dallas is going to advance. So those are two no income tax teams. If Florida advances, you're three. And then you got New Jersey, Carolina. Uh, I don't think Carolina is a non-income tax state. New Jersey is definitely not. Well, don't, they're both <laughs> those teams don't typically spend or, you know, anyway. So it doesn't really matter. So it, I mean, there's a pos- there's a real possibility that three of the four teams could come from no income tax states, and it's like, how are you going to tell me that that's not an advantage? Well, Seattle's in the fi- is going to be in the final four. You're going to tell me it's not an advantage. Vegas has already been to a cup. Dallas was recently in a cup. Like, I mean, it adds up. Tampa's Tampa been in back to back. Right, three. They won two. Like Florida President's Trophy winner last year. Sorry, I almost tore down my laptop. Uh, <laughs> it looked like there. you were leaving. And they're probably going to win the Stanley Cup this year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm just saying something to something to chew on a little bit. Think about it for for next week because I'll I'll come with more facts and whatever to back up my my little argument here. Because some people thought I was a little bit nuts for that, but I think there's something to it. You're nuts at it's, all. It's a disadvantage for teams that have to pay players more because it affects their cap, which is what the NHL is all about today. If you want to build a good team. You need to be good with the cap. The Flyers are absolute shit with the cap. And, the, you know, and <coughs> Barry Hanrahan. <coughs> yeah. So that kind of stuff matters. It's, well, that's, it's, the other it's thing. a big like, deal. Real quick. And I, I'm sorry if this drags on, but I got to commend the Rangers. Shit didn't go their way. They fired their head coach. Meanwhile, the Flyers, they're hanging on to everybody. We fight begrudgingly. They finally fired Fletcher. But like, you got certain people who've been around for a very long time with very bad results. Still just hanging around, and that's that's a part of the problem. If you have an issue, you fix it. If Schneider was still alive, you think he wouldn't be firing people left and right? Like, let's be real here. I thought that was interesting that New York did that. Did did Drury hire Gallant, or was Drury after Gallant? No, no, I think he hired him. Pretty sure. So to me, that's kind of a strike against the GM. I'm not sure if that's right. When did so when did the letter go out or, or? when did the Rangers get fined for that comment about was it the officials? Because that's right when that during G- the Tom Wilson incident, right? Yeah, that was it. Because that's when that GM got fired. I feel yes. like that was like three years ago, maybe maybe even four. I'm not sure. That's four seems wrong, but I believe because this is only is this uh, Gallant's second season mm-hmm. or is it third? I thought it was the second. It's yeah, that's second. only two years. I feel like Drury's been in charge for at least two years. And that's also the thing with Gallant, though. It's very short shelf life. First year, takes Vegas to the cup. First year, the, uh, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals, the Rangers. You know, Florida. Florida. I, what did Florida do? I don't remember. Maybe he may have stuttered there. But before that, he's, he's typically first year is his best. And he kind of regresses from there. And to lose in the first round to the Devils and not even show up in the seventh uh, seventh game, I just say we're done with them. It's tip, that's typical of Gallant. And I get what you're saying about the GM, but I think they knew what they were getting themselves into. And look yeah, well, for uh, well, I, th- I still for think that that's, come back. 
So it's somewhat of a, a, a black eye, or it's a bad look in my opinion. Well, so, so you hire this guy with a short shelf life. Your team doesn't do well in the playoffs, and you're firing the coach. Well, maybe you weren't ready for the coach, so you kind of did him dirty again. Well, to your point about the GM, typically they get two coaches. Is like the and Drury might be in a different situation, but that's the old adage. They typically get two coaches that they hire and fire before they're on the hot seat. Sure. So I'm I'm wondering. Okay, let's say let's say let's say the Rangers are the Flyers. Right. And they do this whole thing where they luck into the, you know, a, a, a Caco Capo and uh, Alexi Lafreniere. They, you know, they hoard Panarin, Fox, Truba. And, you know, they make the conference finals last year and they don't make it out of the first round this year. If that's the Flyers, what are we saying? You know, they fire the coach. Now what? Well, Fox won a Norris. He's a, he's a candidate again, you know. Shesterkin was not the problem. To, to me, the GM has done his job. The coach has to make get more out of these guys, particularly the young guys. Lafreniere is really looking like a bust. Oh my god, like that's a problem. That to me, that that's development and the coach. And you you can't have unlimited coaches, but for now, you're definitely looking at your coach and saying, "What are you doing with this great roster I gave you?" You know, mm-hmm. this team was great last year. Like, what happened? What's the difference? I gave you Patrick Kane. I gave you Tarasenko. Say what you will about those guys, but to add those guys to the Criters and the Zabitajads and the Panarins and like, come on, like they that team should have gotten past the first round. Like that, that's insane. That team is ridiculously talented. For sure. Uh, okay, guys, we're coming down to our last segment. If you stuck with us live, we kind of. Uh, Tease this a little bit. Jack, are you ready for this? I thought you were going to forget. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> Don't be nervous. So we, uh, at the end of the last show, we kind of talked about getting into hockey cards again. And we're, we're going to implement a new segment to each show where we open up a pack. I don't know if you guys can see that. Sorry. <laughs> green screen's killing Here, me. I'll help you out. There it is. Your green screen's screwing you. I'll help you out a little bit. There you go. Hey, it's a Connor, right? Yes, sir. So at the end of every show, we're going to open up a pack and we're going to see if we can get a, a young gun. Uh, do you guys know off the top of your head who are the, the main guys we're looking for? Uh, what year are the, is that pack of cards, Jack? Mine's 21-22. Okay, so we're looking for rookie cards from 21-22. Is that the Caulfield? Yeah, Zegers. Caulfield and Zegers we're looking for. Yeah, collective young guns, rookie cards. Yep. All Brought right. to you by... Broken Skull, Stone Cold Steve. Just kidding. This is not sponsored. Fake ad. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. We're going to drum roll, please. Jack's going to open up our very first Upper Deck Young Guns pack. We're looking for Caulfield or Zegris. I know Jack wants a Caulfield. Here we go. I'm going to get Cam York. Watch. Announce each card as um as you move them through here, Jack. This is uh, suspenseful. I'm nervous for you. <laughs> I just hope it's not a really long Russian name. Oh, this is hilarious. Uh-oh. You Brady got him first call. Oh, Brady there you go. Shen. There you go. Got Braden Shen, not exactly a young gun, but, you know. Should have never traded him. Tomas Chabot. There you go. That's a good one. He's all right. Oh, wrong jersey. Bo Horvat. <laughs> Love me, Bo. Here we got a. This great one here. We got Adam Lowry. Oh, boo. Okay. 
<laughs> it's a good pack so far. We need a young gun. Ooh, not a young gun, but Charlie McAvoy. Good player, right? Am I right? Very good player. There we go. There we go. I like that. All right. Oh, we've mentioned them earlier. TJ Brody. How about that? <laughs> Little high oh, we got the nerd. Jake Yensel. <laughs> and guys, you're never going to believe this last card. You got it. No, this, it couldn't be worse. You're uh, looking at the newest member of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Kevin Hayes. <laughs> oh my God. Wow, that was a that pack. Should I just throw it in the fire now? Or <laughs> that was a pretty good pack, though. No I young guns. Then I maybe got Brody Kevin was Hayes like your last, answer. your worst guy on there. I think. <sighs> I'm not excited. That was a good one. So we're gonna we're gonna try to do that uh, at the end of each show. Uh, Trav, you got any packs uh, for next week or you I'll, I'll go get next some. week? Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll get Trav going at the end of the next show next week. And uh, yeah, so that's it. The Flyers are picking seventh overall. We think, unless there's a trade uh, in in next month's NHL draft lottery. Should have we, a pretty good show next week, huh? Yeah. Oh, that's right. We uh, go ahead. You want to promote it, Trav? Uh, former flyer, number 36, heart and soul player, Zach Ronaldo will be joining us. That's right. For a little for- sit down interview. I had almost forgotten about that. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, so much for a down show after the NHL draft lottery, right? We're going to coming back with, uh, with a big guest. We're excited to have Zach on real passionate guy. So it should be a, an exciting show. Um, and yeah, so everybody, uh, that'll do it for tonight's episode. As Travis said, we'll be back next week with, uh, Zach Ronaldo. Everybody, uh, have a good night. You know, try to, you know, I don't know, cheer yourself up. Things could be a lot worse, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, or, or look forward to Ryan Leonard. I mean, great consolation at pick seven. So um, everybody have a good night. Drink your green stuff. Uh, take your vitamins. And let's go Flyers. And it's going to sneak 